Welcome. It's a new year, assuming that you're listening to this when it comes out. It is 2022. It actually doesn't matter when you're listening to this because this is a really good exercise to do really once a quarter. But I find that people are motivated to look at their lives, to reflect on what happened last year and to make a plan for the year that's coming up. Most people tend to think of the first part of a year as a time to make a plan for change, New Year's resolutions, goal setting, whatever you want to call it. But before we embark on that journey, like thinking about what it is we want more of, what we want less of, how we can be happier, how we can have a better next year, a better 2022, I think it's also important to figure out, okay, well, where are things off? When we neglect doing this on paper, when we neglect going through this exercise, our natural default is to just do more of the things that we're already really good at because those things make us feel good. But what most people don't realize is it's not the things that we're already good at that are making us feel like something is off or making us feel unfulfilled. It's actually the things that are important to us that maybe we're not good at or maybe we haven't given them the proper attention. And that's why things just feel a little off. So this is a two-part series. Today, we're gonna examine, you're gonna do this with me on paper. Now, it's totally cool if you wanna listen to it first, but it is really important if you wanna make this stick, if you wanna make this work, that you listen to this at some point with a pen and a piece of paper or listen to this and then go through the exercises on paper. As you know, I'm a huge fan for neuroscience reasons, that we make it a practice of taking pen to paper when we're doing important things like this. So today, what we're going to do is we're going to look at the 10 most common areas of importance for most people's lives. And we're going to go through that list and we're going to figure out where things are off, where you hit the mark, where you miss the mark, and how you'd like for things to be different. Then on Wednesday, what I'm going to do is help you figure out what your push goal should be. Reminder, your push goal is not your big goal, Your push goal is how you make your goals happen. It's how you make your big goal happen. But a push goal is not a big goal or an important goal, not necessarily, but it's an action goal. It's a goal that gives you the resources to make your other things you want to have happen, happen. But what I don't want you to do is just randomly set 10 goals. And that's why before we do that, we've got to figure out like, what is it you want to feel? What is it you want from your life? What areas do you want to improve? So we're going to do a little inventory today. And then when you come back on Wednesday, together, we're going to do some really radical goal setting. If you've done this with me before, that's awesome. You are probably one of those wise people who understands repetition is the key to success. So doing this again is going to help you to refine the process, and I'm really excited. So let's do it. Now, this is an exercise that many people are doing with me as part of this 11-day challenge that I've decided to do to help people not just get in the habit of creating a daily to-do list, but to figure out like the things you're doing, the tasks, what are they leading towards? What's the point? I mean, we all have a million different little responsibilities each day. But what's the point? Where are we going with this? What are you trying to accomplish? What do you hope to feel? What do you hope to do? What do you hope to look back on a year from now, six months from now, even 90 days from now and go like, I wasn't just busy. I had a purpose. I had an intention. I was working towards something. I mean, of course, we're all going to have to, you know, do the random things like picking up the clothes off the floor, doing the laundry, making donations, going to buy birthday presents, paying the bills, blah, 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 all those things. But it's those small, little, tiny 10-minute tasks that we put on our schedule with intention that make it possible for us 
to have dreams come true, to live in your beach house, to drive the car that you want to drive, to feel the emotion that you want to feel that you're not feeling right now, to feel peace, to feel calm, to feel secure, to know that you are living the life that God meant you to live. Like, that is not an accident. That requires intentionality. Intentionality means creating a plan. So if that's something that you haven't had thus far or you'd like to have more of it, I'm going to encourage you to join us. Like this is a free challenge. You can jump in right now. You can do it for 11 days. You can do it for the next 11 months. This is just about me teaching something that has radically changed my life. And I try to teach this at the beginning of every single year because it works and because this isn't taught in schools and because I think most people, the way they goal set and the way they teach goal setting is really complicated and it rarely takes into consideration what it is you want to feel. For most people, it's like, okay, what do I want to have? And you think that by having that thing, it's going to make you happy, but that's not true. I want to teach you how to have intention. I want to teach you how to create the habits that make all of this possible. So if you haven't already, please join me. Just go to pushgoalcoaching.com and just drop your email address in and boom, you're done. It's free. It's free. And this is an important part of it, but you can let this keep playing, but please do this. The link is in our show notes below this episode. Just click on that link, pushgoalcoaching.com, and I'll keep talking while you enter your email address and we can just move this party right along because I want you to have the most incredible year of your life. I want every single year for you to feel like things are getting a little bit better and a little bit better. And that doesn't happen just by us crossing our fingers or even praying about it. I mean, yeah, there's a lot of power behind prayer, but you've got to put a plan into action. So let's do that. Let's do that together. Pushgoalcoaching.com. And you haven't fallen behind. You can start at any time, even if you're listening to this, I don't know, sometime in the future. Today, we're going to do an assessment. You're going to take some notes, you're going to figure some things out, and then we're going to create an action plan. Get excited. What I'm going to ask you to do is take inventory of the 10 most important areas of your life. Now, we are going to do this because I want to help you to figure out by scoring them where balance is off in your life. Now, remember, there's no such thing as like everything gets equal attention and everything gets equal time. But there are certain areas of our lives, all of us, that it might not be important to other people, but it's important to us. And when we don't feel satisfied with that particular area, for whatever reason, we can start to feel off, unhappy, unbalanced, stressed, dissatisfied, all the things. But we don't often give ourselves the space to actually figure out what is it, to put our finger on it. So today, I'm going to ask you to assign a score to each one of these 10 key areas in your life, and you're going to give it a score based on your personal fulfillment, how satisfied you are, not how satisfied other people are with your actions or your behavior or your performance in these areas. It's your own personal scale. You're going to score these areas on a scale of 1 to 10, with 1 being a complete disaster, like nothing's happening, and 10 being almost perfection. Like we know perfection doesn't exist, but like it's almost perfect. Now I want you to score these again, only based on your opinions and your feelings. You have to ask yourself, okay, how satisfied am I with this area? And remember, this is not a ranking. So even though I'm going to go over all 10 areas, you might have like five areas that you are giving the exact same score. All right. 
So with that being said, now you need your pen or your piece of paper, or if you don't have that, open up a note on your phone so you can keep track of your score for each area as I describe it. The first area I'm going to ask you to rate is your physical health. This means everything about your physical body, not your mental well-being, but it can, in fact, include your internal health. It's not just your physique. It's not just your weight, but it's how strong do you feel? How healthy are you right now? How robust is your immune system? And yes, of course, how satisfied are you with your physical appearance, right? That's part of physical health is your appearance. So do you feel strong? Are you at your ideal weight? Remember, not the weight that maybe society wants you to be at, but like a weight that you feel healthy at based on your age, based on the season that you're in, based on all of the other factors you need to consider. How satisfied are you with your physical health? Give that a score, scale of one to 10. Next, let's assess your mental health. Now, this for some of you is going to be tougher than you might think because you just don't even usually give yourself any leeway here. You don't even think about your mental health. You just go and go and go. So let me ask you some very specific questions. I want to ask about your sleep. Like, have the things that have been on your mind, have they been causing restlessness at night? Do you have a difficult time sleeping? Are the things you're thinking about beginning to impact your appetite? Like when you think about something that might be bothering you or something you're happy about, does that impact the way that you decide to eat or not to eat? Are there things that are making you feel stressed or sad or empty or happy or fulfilled? Do you feel like you have pretty good control over your mood or that your mood is pretty stable? Are you having any anxiety? Are you worried needlessly about things that are out of your control? When you think about the future or what's coming up next, are you excited? Do you have some things that you're excited about or do you feel hopeless? Do you feel supported? Are you finding joy in the things that you're doing? Or have you found that you're not enjoying things you once did enjoy? Do you feel like your mental state has affected your energy? Have you had a breakdown or a temper tantrum, just completely lost it, crying fits, things that are out of the ordinary? Or have you been pretty stable? So these are just some questions to get you to think about your assessment of your mental health right now. I can't give you an assessment of your mental health, but by taking a moment to really think about these things, you hopefully will have an idea of like, is this good or is this not good? And again, not based on any clinician's assessment, but your own assessment, like, no, things should be much better or no, this is fine. This is how I usually am and I'm good with it. It's your assessment. Scale of one to 10, mental health. Today's episode is brought to you by the Amen Clinics. It's at the Amen Clinics where I discovered that I had ADHD by having a brain scan. Their brain-based approach goes beyond the traditional psychiatry where people just, you know, ask you questions and then write on a piece of paper what your diagnosis is and prescribe you some pills. That's not how they work. The professionals at the Amen Clinic will actually look at your brain with a brain spec and then put together a plan for treatment. And when you change your brain, you can literally change your life. So visit the Amen Clinics. They've got clinics all around the United States. You get 10% off by entering the code SHALEEN10. Now, you can do that by either calling the Amen Clinics or going to amenclinics.com forward slash SHALEEN. I'm going to spell it A-M-E-N, amenclinics.com forward slash SHALEEN, and you're going to get 10% off your evaluation. Number three, let's score your environment or your surroundings. Now, I like you to think of this as the place where you're spending the most time. So that could be your office. 
If you, you know, work someplace outside of the home, it could be your home. It could be a specific place inside your home. But when I said the environment and the place where you're spending the most time, like what were the first feelings you had? So don't overthink these scores. Just literally give them a number. You could always change it later, but just give it a number. Don't be afraid to give something a one. Don't be afraid to give something a 10. Just give things a number. We can adjust as we need to, but your environment could be your car. Maybe that's the first thing you thought of, or your house looks great, but you constantly are thinking about the disaster area that has become the bonus room or your closet or whatever. I just want you to think about the areas where you're spending the most time. Is it weighing on you? Do you want to improve it? Is there clutter? Do you love it? Does it make you feel alive and energized and excited? Does it feel like it's updated and current? Does it reflect everything that you need it to be or do you need to make some changes? And yes, environment can also include the energy of people who are in that environment. Like people, people's attitudes, people's energy affects the energy of an environment. I mean, I don't know if you've ever lived with a roommate who just has this energy. You can feel it as they drive into the driveway or maybe there's someone in your home right now whose energy is just really dark or you love your office space, like you love the desk, you love the office you work in, you love the space, you love most of the people, but there's like one person in particular who just really puts a dark cloud over that whole environment. So unfortunately, they are impacting the environment, but it's still your environment that you feel. Scale of one to 10. Number four, let's assess the area of joy. So you can call this your hobbies, the things you do just for joy or things you do for restoration. But I want you to consider these things that you do, which are healthy, right? So some people might just for joy, drink a lot of alcohol. Mm, I don't know that I would consider that a hobby. I don't know that I would call that something that provides you restoration. However, if getting together with your girlfriends to have a glass of dry farm wine, if that brings you joy, there's certainly no harm in that. There's great restoration in that. So When you think about the joy that you get to experience, the level of joy that you have on a daily, yes, daily, weekly basis, monthly basis, yearly basis, how would you score that right now? Like right now, how much joy are you giving yourself permission to experience? How much joy, restoration, time for hobbies are you giving yourself space to have? Are you missing those things? Do you miss doing the things that you once loved that you just did because you could do them for hours and it brought you so much joy and it's so fulfilling and you love doing it, but you maybe have stopped doing it because you feel guilty or because you say, I just don't have the time. I haven't made the time. So again, how do you feel about right now the amount of time you're devoting to your hobbies, the things that give you joy, things that restore you? Next up, number five, romance. Now, before you give yourself a score too quickly, I want to walk you through this. Romance means your connection with a significant other. Now, that might be something right now where you have just left a toxic relationship, like you were married for 15 years to the most horrible person on the planet, and you've just finally freed yourself and you're alone and you're not even on Tinder. You're just like, I'm so freaking happy to be alone. Well, then you might score that area right now as a 10. And conversely, you might be in a very loving, beautiful, amazing relationship with your partner, but you don't feel like you've had a lot of time to devote to them. Like you feel like you haven't been a great partner to them. 
Well, you can then give that a score of like a five or a six or, or whatever feels appropriate for you. Because remember, you are assessing your own level of satisfaction with your level of effort in this area. You're not talking about like, okay, I'm not happy with what my spouse has done per se, but you might factor that in. More so, I want you to ask yourself, how well am I doing in this area? And again, you can give yourself a high score if you're single. You can give yourself a high score if you're in a relationship and you're doing everything you can. And maybe you want to knock that score down a little bit if you're doing everything you can, but for whatever reason, you just don't feel connected to your partner the way that you would like to. By giving yourself a low score in any of these categories, all you're doing is simply identifying an area that you know you have room for improvement. Okay, so don't freak out. Don't feel bad if you're giving yourself a low score in one of these areas. You're just simply identifying this as an area where you know there's room for improvement. Moving on to our next category, which is your friends and family. Now, I put these two together because it does not include your significant other, but it might include your children and it might include your extended family. And it should also include your friends who you almost consider family. So I'm not asking you to think about like all the people who you are acquaintances with because that's not what brings us joy. What brings us joy are the people who we're closest with, our true friends. So you want to think about your closest friends and your family. And again, I don't need you to think about every single person who's a blood relative to you, but those people who you have decided need to be in your life, you want them to be in your life, and you have to ask yourself, okay, is there room for improvement or am I completely happy with the way things are? Let me give you another example. You might be estranged right now from your birth mother, and that might be a really good thing. In fact, you might be thinking about that and realizing, I've got to give myself a score of a nine because that woman was so unhealthy, and I can love her, and I can pray for her from afar, and it's really good right now because I don't have a close relationship with her, because I can love her from afar. So again, the score here is very much based on how you feel like you're doing. You're giving it a low score if you think there's a lot of room for improvement, and you're giving it a pretty high score if you feel like this is about as good as it could possibly get. Next category, finances, your money situation. And again, this is not based on what society thinks you should have in terms of your financial situation, but it's your own assessment. However, I want to ask you a couple of simple questions just to make sure that you've really considered, you've thought about it, because not everybody does. So one of the first things you can do is take a look, or at least just mentally take a mental picture of the ratio of your debt to your income, all right? Try not to scream. I know we're coming up on the holidays here, but think about how much money you have coming in and how much money you have going out on a regular basis. How does that make you feel? Are you happy with that? Is there room for improvement? How's your housing situation as it relates to your financial situation? Is it difficult for you to make the rent each month or to pay your mortgage? Or do you feel like you should be in a bigger home, a better home, a smaller home, a home with a smaller mortgage? So I also want you to think about how do you feel about your own investment strategies? Is it aligned with your current situation? And yes, everybody can start investing. Even if at the moment you're in debt, you can still take care of the money that you do have. You can still learn to make money from your money. How is your net worth trending? Is it trending up? Is it trending down? Were you making more money in the last couple of years and now you're making less money? 
And again, not that that's good or bad, but it gives you, by answering these questions, an ability to say, oh, there's room for improvement, or I really like the way things are. I can't imagine making more money. I have so much money, Shaleen. But all joking aside, like how financially secure do you feel? You feel very secure? Do you have a six month or maybe even a year's worth of an emergency fund? I mean, we have more than a year's worth of an emergency fund, but we started by creating a six month emergency fund when we were broke as a joke, y'all. Like literally, it was the first thing that we had to do. What does your credit score look like if that's important to you? Do you have insurance? Like, do you have enough financially to take care of the things that are really important that give you security? And again, this is yours to assess scale of one to 10. All right, we are up to the number eight category, which is your purpose, your work. And I combine these two terms together because I just want you to think about, you know, what it is you were meant to be doing right now. And I think sometimes we take this idea and we make it so much more grand than it needs to be. You know, we think, oh, gosh, how can I say that my purpose is to be the greeter at Target, if that's your job right now? Like, you know, maybe you are down on yourself because of the job that you have. But I don't want you to look at the job that you have. I want you to ask yourself if in your daily living, you're living your life with purpose. And do you feel good about that? And maybe your job, because it doesn't have anything to do with what brings you joy or why you truly believe you were put on this planet, well, in that case, you think that there's a lot of room for improvement. I can tell you that when I was working as a paralegal and I had personal training jobs and I was working at the gym and I was teaching fitness classes and I was you know, trying to get into law school, when I was doing all those things, I still felt like no matter what I was doing, I felt very in my purpose. I've always been able to score that area really high. Whatever it was, I always felt like this is what I'm supposed to do. I'm supposed to take complicated processes and break them down and simplify them for people. I've always felt like I was able to use my purpose. And remember, when I say work, I don't necessarily mean paid work. I mean, if you're doing work, if you're in the home, if you are caring for a loved one or small children or working on yourself or going to college. Even in all of those situations, we have a sense of whether we are living our life with purpose. So score of one to 10, one meaning there's a whole lot of room for improvement and 10 meaning I just don't think I could be doing a better job. It's perfect or nearly perfect. Next, I'm going to ask you to assess your current spirituality. And I think probably in order to do that, I should define spirituality for you because Oftentimes, people assume that when I say spirituality, that I'm speaking about a religion, and I'm not. Spirituality is a very broad concept, and it can have a lot of different meanings. But in general, the term spirituality, as I want you to assess it, is your satisfaction and a connection with something outside of yourself. And it's a very human experience. All of us, I think, have experienced this at some point or another. It's like just anything outside of the physical world. Now, yes, for some of us, it is very much tied to our church or our religious beliefs. Maybe it's your temple, your mosque, your synagogue, or just your practices or your personal relationship with the universe or God or your higher power. It is a way that we all seek meaning outside of our physical selves, okay? So now what you need to do 
is on your own very personal scale, ask yourself, how good do I feel about my spirituality right now? Do I feel like I'm a good person? Do I feel like I understand that there's meaning outside of myself? Am I struggling right now to find a reason why things are happening? Do I feel in harmony with the universe or with my faith? Maybe you feel best about your spirituality when you're able to talk to God, or or maybe it for you, you really need to be in a physical location with people who are part of the same spiritual community, and you're not able to do that right now, so it feels off. Like So there's a million ways that each one of us, number one, experiences spirituality, and number two, that we assess our own connection to it. So ask yourself right now, how connected do you feel to your spirituality? Is there room for improvement? Are you doing pretty good? Or are you completely lost? Scale of one to 10. Our last and final category is growth. How do you feel about your efforts to grow, to be a better person? All right, so what you're doing is you're scoring your own work, your own beliefs about how you're doing and how you're growing. Because we all love growth. It's one of the reasons why it feels so good to make up after a fight because you're growing, right? Like if you have the kind of friendship where you've been able to work through really uncomfortable conversations, where you've been able to, you know, both cry and argue, but hear each other and listen and really imagine what it's like to be in someone else's shoes and to find empathy and to find a way to come together and honor each other. If you found a way to be a better person for your spouse, for your kids, for your best friend, you know that feels so freaking good. It feels so good to grow. And that's why I'm asking you to assess, are you doing that? Like, are you putting yourself in situations where you're forced to get stronger, get better, to improve how you deal with things? Like, how are you growing right now? How do you feel about your efforts in this area? Scale of one to 10. Would you like to be doing more? Are you happy with the way things are going right now? You know, this is a tough one to score yourself, but I know you'll do a great job. So could you be doing better? How much better? What's that score? That's your last category, scale of one to 10. All right, I'm gonna blow through these quickly just so you've got a quick recap and make sure you've got all 10. Number one was physical health. Number two was mental well-being. Number three was your environment. Number four was joy, restoration, or hobbies. Number five was romance, your significant other, or lack thereof, the romantic area of your life. Number six was your friends and family. Number seven was your financial situation. Number eight was your purpose slash work. Number nine was spirituality. And number 10 was personal growth. Give each one of those areas a score on a scale of one to 10. And now what I want you to do is looking at all of your scores. You can change a few if you need to. I'm going to give you a second to do that. Go ahead and change if you need to. Because sometimes when you start scoring, you're like, "Mm, I'm going to give this one a seven, even though it's probably a nine, but something else might come in higher. You know what I'm saying? All right, so change your numbers if you need to. And now what I want you to do is identify, notice, if you will, that the areas you likely have scored the lowest, ironically, are the areas that are the most important to you. Isn't that crazy? So the areas that are most important to you 90% of the time when people go through this exercise, those are the areas we tend to score the lowest because they're important to us. 
Ironically, the areas we tend to score the highest are the ones that are just so freaking easy. Like it's second nature to us. It's fun. It's part of who we are. It's our default. It's what we go to first. So like for me, I scored my purpose and my work off the charts. And I'll just be honest that the two areas I scored the lowest were physical health and my hobbies slash joy slash restoration. And that kind of makes sense to me too, why those two would be low. So for you, what areas did you score the lowest? Now, once you decide, once you've taken a look at the areas you've scored the lowest, now let's say you've got two or three that have equally low scores. So you've got three that you scored all of them a five, let's say, and that was your lowest score. Okay, well, of those three or however many you scored equally low, pick the one that you know, man, if I improved this area, I'd feel a lot better. Like this is probably the first thing I need to improve. And also, this is the thing that I have the ability to make some improvements in the next 30 to 90 days. All right. So if let's say, for example, you are in your second trimester of your pregnancy and you scored physical health low because you just feel lousy. Well, you know, you need to take care of that baby. So we can't start a crazy CrossFit program right now. But if you also happen to score spirituality equally low, well, that's one that you can work on right now. But that's up to you. So of those areas you scored the lowest, which one do you know? Okay, this one needs my immediate attention. And I think I'd feel a lot better. And I probably have the ability right now, the opportunity right now to make some changes in this area in the next 30 to 90 days. What is that for you? I told you mine. Okay, great. So now that we've identified this area, what do we do with it? Well, we make a plan to improve it over the course of the next 90 days. Now that you've identified that thing that needs your attention, what I'm going to ask you to do is pull out a piece of paper And just come up with a list, a brainstorming list of like everything that comes to your mind that you know, like if I did this or if I didn't do this, it would improve this particular area. Now, these can be action steps. They can be thought processes. They can be behaviors. They can be tasks. They can be goals. They can be all of the above. But you need to make this list. So let's say, for example, you decided you need to improve your finances. That's something it needs your attention right now. All right, well, what can we do with that area? Well, we can make a list of things that we can begin to save on. We can review our bank card statements and figure out what things we might be paying for on a monthly basis that we no longer need. We can look at saving, of course. We can look at things that we can do to increase the amount of money that we have coming in, like maybe asking for a raise, getting another job, starting a side hustle. Anything that comes to mind that you can do or stop doing that might improve this area needs to go on this list. Don't worry about how you're going to do it. Don't worry about the specifics right now. Just allow yourself to brainstorm everything that comes to mind. Again, these don't have to be goals yet. Eventually they will be. But for right now, just create a list of every little thing you can think of where it's like, yeah, okay, well, that's standing in my way. And yep, if I stop doing that, it would definitely improve my finances. And yeah, if I learn to do this, I might be able to make more money or if I, you get the idea. All right, so I'm gonna give you a couple of moments. Put me on pause and please follow through with that. Beautiful. By now, I know you've taken the time to actually brainstorm a list. Now, your next step is to take a look at the list and ask yourself, okay, which of all of these items 
would make really powerful goals. Like these three, put asterisks by the three that you're like, that would move the needle. Whatever that area is that you know you need to improve, just pick the three things on your list that could actually be goals. Now, if it's a daily behavior, let's say, for example, you decide that your finances would greatly improve if every day you stop going to Starbucks, let's say, or if every day you checked in on your stocks. All right. Well, then a goal around that activity or behavior could be every day for 90 days, I am going to fill in the blank because that's your next assignment. Now I want you to create just three goals from this master brainstormed list that you have. Three goals that you can accomplish in the next 90 days, which by doing so will dramatically improve this area. Now, this is a powerful exercise in and of itself. This is an exercise that is the cornerstone of the push goal process, the system that I teach that allows people not just to accomplish their goals and goal mastery. I mean, because like anyone can accomplish their goals and achieve them. But nine times out of 10, what happens, as you probably figured out, is we tend to set goals in the areas where we scored the highest, where we're already killing it, we're already crushing it. And we tend to ignore the areas, unfortunately, that are, in fact, most important to us. And we don't even give much thought to like, okay, how could I improve that area? This is the cornerstone of the push goal system because I feel very strongly that we as a society have become so distracted, so addicted to the hurry, so obsessed with accomplishments and goal mastery that we forgot to take time to figure out what the heck we feel. So we achieve all of these things. We set goals for ourselves in the areas where we're already really strong. We accomplish those goals. And then we wonder why year after year, we just get less happy, unhappier, whatever the word is. I know this to be true because I did it myself. I knew how to accomplish goals. Trust me. I knew how to do that after learning from the greats. But once I would get there, I would still feel off. I'd feel weird. I didn't feel fulfilled and I didn't know what it was until I recognized that what I wasn't paying attention to is what made me feel balanced, what made me feel content, what made me feel whole, what made me feel the word peaceful. Peaceful is my word. So what I'm actually asking you to do is to focus on the area that right now needs your attention because it's going to dramatically improve your overall happiness. Now we're not done. All right. So on Wednesday, yes, two days from now, I've planned a follow-up episode for you where we are going to set an additional seven to eight goals. All right. But you've already come up with the first three, really super powerful. You're going to be light years ahead when we start that episode on Wednesday. And this is perhaps, in my opinion, one of the most important episodes you can listen to because this stuff changes your life. And I'm not talking about like the things you're going to have and the money you're going to make and your accomplishments. I mean, that's all well and good, but I want you to feel, and it's something that we haven't given ourselves the space to do. We just keep overpacking our lives. So thank you for taking the time to do this. Do it, put it on paper or on your phone. Listen, I love you. I really do. I love doing this and I love you and I mean it. I will see you inside our private Facebook group. And if not there, then I will for sure catch you back here on Wednesday. 
If you enjoyed this show, please don't forget to make sure you are subscribed and following along. The Shaleen Show is available on Apple Podcast, Spotify, and most every podcast app. If you enjoyed this episode, please be sure to leave a five-star review and tell us specifically what you enjoyed. We'd love to know. The Shaleen Show is released every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. For Tuesdays and Thursdays, be sure to follow and subscribe to Shaleen's other podcast, Build Your Tribe, which she co-hosts with her son, Brock Johnson. It's all about business, social media, and marketing, and devoted to helping you make more money and live more life. Links to anything referenced in today's episode, as well as show sponsors and other podcasts, can be found below in our show notes.